even the freshmen that were in exhibition spots were shining and saying, I'm ready, put me in, watch out. That was a really bright shining spot for me. I think the purpose of a commentator is twofold. You want to give useful information and you want to be respectful of the athletes. If we start with the respectful piece of it, that was a fail. So fail. So hard fail. Well, when the beam's on the podium, sometimes it's really wobbly. (laughs) Ignore the internet sometimes. I just love a good drama. If one person falls or wobbles, they're they're, they're not making it to championships despite the fact that it's week one. Like, okay, honey. Talk to me in a few weeks. So here's my theory on that. I think themes of the weekend that made me the happiest is seeing transfers do so well and people coming back from injury do so well, from Nia Reed to Sage Thompson over at Oregon State. Double Back with Kenty Mack. Welcome to the third season of Double Back with Kenty Mack. Each week, I'll watch a meet and discuss it with a friend. This week, please welcome back my friend Jackie. Hey, Jackie, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks so much for joining me for our week one recap of all the different meets that we watched. Thanks for having me back. So one meet that I know we both watched a lot this weekend was the Super 16. And I know we have some thoughts about the overall uh, production of the meet, the direction of the meet. Uh, What were some of your thoughts about the meet as a whole? As a whole, I think the people who produce this competition have some great ideas and they might need to work on some execution. I know a lot of people were worried that they didn't have a link or a way of knowing how they were going to watch it until like roughly 24 hours before. So that's a little concerning. But and then people are worried it's on YouTube. They're worried about the production value. The YouTube of it all, I think, was actually great. It's free access for people worldwide. I, I think there are a lot of pros and cons of split screens and quad boxes because it really all depends on who is the person behind the switcher controlling what you're seeing, as well as who is commentating, which many of my opinions are on the commentating quality. Agreed. So it seemed like session one, they stuck with one screen and they actually mentioned at the beginning of session two, we're switching to the side-by-side box. I did think that that was an improvement because they could at least try and show if two important routines were happening at once. Uh, And I also agree with you, the direction, the behind the scenes wasn't quite up to par. Sometimes they would say, oh, Nia Reed's about to do her amazing double layout. (laughs) And we were watching two screens of people high-fiving each other and no Nia Reed double layout. So they just weren't on top of switching at the right time to make sure we were seeing maximum gymnastics. Yeah, you could also tell what the commentators were seeing on their screen wasn't always what we were seeing. Like you could hear Dee Dee Rogan, oh look, a vault. And then all of a sudden we're seeing floor. And like, oh, glad there's a vault happening. Good job to whoever that was. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't perfect. I thought it sort of improved throughout the meet. Hopefully they'll take the Verdius folks can take this and keep growing and improving. Uh, one thing I did like about the on-screen graphics is you could see both judges' scores and then the average score. It would show you who was up next and who just competed. I thought all that was great. Sometimes they would switch to the next name and that person wasn't competing yet and 
or maybe somebody did start competing and they still had the previous name up there. So I thought the cadence of that could also just be tweaked a little bit. Yeah, they did an interview with one of the creators of the site and the company was running it. And they said they were former gymnasts themselves. And this was kind of like a pandemic project that they'd started. And they're just trying to now boost it more nationally. And so I think they did have a lot of good points. And the, the idea that this was created by gymnasts, so they know what should be there, I think is great. They just need to have some tweaking on the on-screen stuff as well as their scoring site a little. But other than that, I thought it was pretty good. I do like that later, the later sessions, you you got to see a decent amount of gymnastics. There definitely was some sitting around watching, clapping or chalking. But for the most part, you got to see as much as possible. I'm glad you mentioned the the app as well, the trying to follow the scores from home. I like you could very easily see the judging breakdown of who got what, what their start value was, is who's good. You could see who's next, who's currently going. They showed the exhibition scores, which we never get to see. So you can see that Caitlin Rosen got a, what was it, 9775 on vaults. So she is ready, but you don't know if she'll be in that lineup next week. She might, you don't know, you know what that score was. Yeah, I also like they would show the little button if there was a neutral deduction on that routine. So I agree. There was lots of useful information. It certainly showed more than we get with a typical broadcast. I think there's just some room to grow as well. So might as well get into the commentators. Oh boy. I've been thinking about this for the last two days. I think the purpose of a commentator is twofold. You want to give useful information about what you're watching, and then you want to be respectful of the athletes. If we start with the respectful piece of it, that was a fail. So fail. So hard fail. of So many unfavorable opinions on things that they had said about athletes. And it's not okay starting off talking about whether or not athletes can eat popcorn to Dee Dee calling someone exotic. That's not okay. And even <laughs> just things like referring to them very informally, click your heels together, girls, things like that just felt like that may be your conversation in the gym or that may be your conversation in the head. But when you're commentating to a wide audience, there just needs to be a level of respect that you are showing to these athletes and then helping the people at home understand what they're watching. Now in that category, I'm in the B, B minus perspective. I think they probably were somewhat trying to follow along the way that we were at home. <laughs> and I don't think that they were always giving the best guidance, but I did find a few of their insights kind of interesting. Both of them, of course, are longtime coaches, so they have their own perspective on what's happening. She'll stick that next week. I thought that was actually kind of a fun insight because this is the first meet of the season. It's on podium. It's most important to just get a solid start, take that step forward. And of course, all of these teams are building toward more sticks, more precision in the next few weeks. And I thought that was a pretty interesting insight from the commentating team. The other thing that they spoke about a few times was how much squat turns were painful on the ankles. And I had never heard anybody talk about that before. I hadn't either. That was very interesting. I think it's interesting where people call 
a, a different word like squat turn versus bulk turn i'm like that's interesting cool but i guess that's another reason to hate the squat turn as they refer to it as everyone hates it because they think it's ugly but if it's bad for your ankles find something else to do right uh, but gymnastics is bad for your ankles in general i guess it's not good for your ankle no. <laughs> now here's a particular pet peeve i have about commentary and jess and Dee did this it's when a commentator sets up an adversarial relationship with the judge versus trying to see the judge as playing their part in this whole competition, right? It's language such as, let's see if they take that, or let's see if they saw that out of bounds, versus I think what's more helpful for people at home is her foot went out of bounds and that's a tenth of a point, or there was a wobble there and she broke her leap series. So she's going to get a two-tenth deduction on that. But what we heard was, I don't know if they're going to take that or let's see if the judges see that. And I think that's not helpful for new fans. I can actually kind of both sides of the situation. It's definitely more helpful to be like, this is what happens. This is what the deduction is. I think they're coming from the mindset of they know not all judges take deductions as they should so they're saying i see this maybe the judge did too here's hoping they did or here's hoping they don't depending on which side you're on that's a good point maybe there is a let's hope they did aspect to it i was only hearing it from the let's hope they didn't perspective <laughs> that's funny i'm normally not a glasses half full kind of girl but but here you are <laughs> it's half full today <laughs> You've got your UCLA shirt on, the glasses half full. Go Bruins. So I know one of the sessions we both watched was session two on Friday night with Oklahoma, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Michigan. I was kind of looking at it in one perspective from who's starting off fast this season and who's starting slow and kind of building through the season. I thought both Oklahoma and Kentucky were starting out very strong. The details looked good. The landings looked good. Uh, these are teams that are going to show a very good performance in week one. Uh, Kentucky's been one of my kind of sleeper favorites for a while. Seeing them shine in the last year or so, getting, seeing them get to go to nationals is really great. And having them pick right back up where they left off getting a great crop of new freshmen to fill in where the graduating seniors left off was really great. Even the freshmen that were in exhibition spots, I think were shining and saying, I'm ready, put me in, watch out, we're coming for those SCCs and those national spots. And that was a really bright shining spot for me. I mean, you can't ever say anything about OU other than, yeah, they're ready for nationals good for you. You got this. Good job. <laughs> They're always ready. They've got a lineup of 12 ready with one and a half. So anyone you can throw a dart in, they'll be ready. They don't have weak spots. What's there to say? <laughs> yeah. So they started last season with a 197.925. So they started this season with a 197.85. They're just right there at that same level. Even though they lost a couple of superstars, like you said, the bench is deep. <laughs> They're ready to go. One surprise for me to see Audrey Davis in the all-around, including a very strong Yurchenko one and a half. 
and also to see Kat Lavasser and Faith Torres in the all-around, all three very strong all-around performances. That leads to my one question mark that I have. Could they be relying a little too much on the all-around or upperclassmen this season and not developing what their teams are going to look like in the future? This was just the only, as you said, in a very strong performance. It was my only question mark of the strong freshman class. Hannah Scheibel went on one event and Kira Wells did two, but that was really all that we saw from the freshmen. Oh, you, I'm hoping you're taking a similar approach to what I'm hoping Cal is doing as well. I think they have a lot of leaning on the upperclassmen, the returners, while you get the freshmen ready. But I don't know if that's just me hoping. I think a lot of people were expecting Hannah Shively to be on more than one event. Hopefully they're just getting her ready, getting the upperclassmen not really ready because they're already ready. They've been doing this for a while. They, they, they are reliable and then wait until their people can work out some kinks that we don't really know if anyone had any off-season issues or whatnot. I think a lot of people were happy that Danny Seaver was not fully injured because people saw her in a boot and then all of a sudden she was back in Vegas. So that's nice for people who drafted her for fantasy and <laughs> didn't trade her. Reagan was has been training a one and a half on vault. And I think that could be interesting to see if just slide her in sometime and get that all around at least once. I don't know if she could be like a Miley O'Keefe type where like you have her vault once or twice and all of a sudden you're a national champion. I think she wins um, the all around. Yeah. <laughs> two vaults in your entire career, national champion. Get it, girl. But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I hope you're right. I hope that's what they're doing is we're starting out with the upperclassmen. We're going to work in the, the, the depth the freshmen, the newcomers throughout the season. I did see Soraya Hawthorne did an exhibition vault for them and an exhibition floor for them, which was really fun and engaging. And I certainly hope she gets lots of chances throughout the season as well. But later in the season, they're going to want to rest Kat and Audrey and Faith. So it will be good to continue to use that depth. For Kentucky, I agree with you, though. It was so exciting to see this great crop of freshmen that they have. Four out of their six freshmen competed, and Delaney Rodriguez got a 39.35 in the all-around. I can't wait to see more of, of this class. Uh, yeah, Delaney was great. I'm a big fan of Cadence Gormley as well. Don't know what she was doing in the exhibition spot on bars, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming they'll put her in next week. So they've they've got some good ones in the pipelines. And then two other teams that I love were also in this rotation. And I think that they shared the perspective of really taking a slower start to the season. I think with Michigan State, we didn't see as much precision on the landings or the handstands for the most part. But this feels like a team that's just going to keep getting better and better throughout the season, as we saw them do last season. Um, just looking back at their last season scores, they were mostly a 197 team with that season record 198, but they also had some 196s and a 195 sprinkled in. So it's it's definitely a team that maybe takes its time in terms of getting to that 
top 197 level. Yeah, MSU is another one that I think you you want to pay attention to. And I think not enough people are. For example, Sage Kellerman getting the first 10 on, on vault. An asterisk, Miley O'Keefe got one on beam a few minutes before, but first one on vault of the season. And I know a lot of people in preseason had been saying, don't ignore her. She's doing really well this preseason. Yet she's sitting undrafted in two, at least two of my fantasy leagues right now. So it'll be a fight to get her when trades open up. And so happy she was able to get that. I love it when an underrated team is the ones to get those achievements before the more highly trophied and touted teams are. So happy for them. I'm excited to see how the rest of the team does. I know that's another one of those teams where they have such a big roster that not even the whole team can travel with them every away meet. So it's always nice to have depth and to see where things can go. And if someone's not having a great week, you can shove someone else into that lineup. Yeah, another athlete, just like Danny Seavers from Oklahoma, Olivia Zarmani was battling some injuries in preseason. I think we weren't sure how much we would see of her toward the beginning of the season. And she ended up vaulting and doing bars for great scores. So was really happy to see her back. And then from the freshmen, we saw contributions on the team from Gabby Ortiz and also Michaela Tucker, and then a couple of exhibitions from them as well. I think Gabby did an exhibition on floor. So that was really good to see that some of these superstar freshmen are already getting opportunities and will just continue throughout the season. I think Michigan State is definitely trying to get as many of the one and a halves into their antenna star values vaults into their lineups as they can. I know a lot of them, if they aren't already competing or training it, because they're trying to keep up with those higher level teams and they're trying to prove that they're right up there with them. And I think once they get those landings in, they will be. That brings up an interesting point. Thinking back in a total across the Super 16, really strong Yurchenko fulls were outscoring a lot of the full and a halves. Now, this is probably just a function of it being the first meet of the season. As those landings get better and better on the full and a halves, I think you'll start to see separation there. But I thought it was really interesting that so many fulls with nice open hips and good strong landings were outscoring a lot of these 1.5s. Not to flash too far forward into this conversation, but one of my favorite moments in across all of Super Sweet 16 was Shay Campbell's ball getting that perfect 995. And you just knew as soon as she landed, she's going to get that. And if she didn't get it, I was going to fly to Vegas and have a conversation with judges. I don't um, think you would have had to because I think Jordan <laughs> Childs would have jumped over the table and already had a conversation with the judges. <laughs> and that is why I love Jordan Childs. <laughs> The other thing I'll say about Michigan State, I was expecting to see Jory Jackard on uneven bars, maybe in part because she's on one of my fantasy teams, but it was <laughs> interested to see that she was not there. I think someone said she was there. She just wasn't dressed. So I don't know if she's like working through an injury or the flu or something, but I heard rumors she was in the building oh. opposed to some people on that team who weren't in the building who were home injured. So right. I don't think she's broken just might be working her way back up good to know thank you for that and michigan pulled in fourth in this rotation 
it was unfortunate that they had really a, a wobbly performance. They didn't count any falls, but they had several uh, very wobbly beam performances, which kind of led to a slow start there. This to me looks like it's really just starting slow. They're going to continue to build those confidence performances throughout the season. You know, you can either start really hot and hope that you make it to the end of the season, or you can start slow and really build towards postseason. And I actually think it's a smart uh, move on Michigan's part to not go for, you know, the 197.5s in week one. This is an experienced team. This is a team that needs to probably pace itself a little bit. I'm I'm not as worried about them as some people on the gym internet seem to be. Ignore the internet sometimes. I just love a good drama. That's right. If one person falls or wobbles, they're they'll, they're not making it to championships despite the fact that it's week one. I'm like, okay, honey, talk right. to me in a few weeks. In particular, I was super impressed with Gabby Wilson. 9-9 nine, nine on three pieces. Her beam looked great. And both her and Sierra Brooks's floor looked awesome. It's so much fun to see them. I was really happy to see Jenna Mulligan in three events. And then, of course, I know that they've got Kaylin Morgan, who's coming back from her shoulder from off-season. They hope to have her back by mid-season. If she's back in in two or three events, this is going to be a really, really strong team. Yeah, Michigan overall is definitely rebuilding because they had some absolute stars graduate and you just got to give them a little patience while they work those people back from injury and getting people used to lineup spots. But yeah, the three all-arounders that they did have I, are normally pretty reliable. They also had Naomi Morris, who, like everyone in the entire Super Sweet 16, wasn't always like a fan of Beam this week. But I think... Maybe someone should have checked the beam to see if there was an issue with the beam itself. Jordan Child said, well, when the beam's on the podium, sometimes it's really wobbly. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> the other note on Michigan and their freshmen, two of their freshmen we saw, Halen Zabrowski competed on bars and Ava Jordan did an exhibition on vault. So again, for a team where you sometimes don't see those freshmen get worked in, as early in the season, it was great to see a couple of them see some time on the podium. Upperclassmen graduate and you got to get those freshmen in, but it's always good to see them get an early season experience, especially on podium because you're going to be back. If you're expecting to be back for nationals, you got to get used to the podium and those wobbles happen on all the events. <laughs> That's right. And the whole floor is wobbling. You're the whole wobble. floor is wobbling. <laughs> yeah. I saw some bounce backs on big tumbling passes too. And I think that part of that is week one and part of that is podium that, you know, they're going to get these landings under control. Yeah. So I know we also both watched the fourth session. That was the one last night with Alabama, UCLA, Cal, and Auburn. A pretty similar story here. I thought both Alabama and Cal had what you would call a really strong start. Handstands looked good. Landings looked good. No counting errors. Um, really strong performances from both. I wrote down the note, Cal's bars stunning with two exclamation points. If you can tell, I like Cal's bars. <laughs> so beautiful um, on bars. 
bars was a place too where the judges were letting those scores get strong i think oklahoma dropped a 9-9 on bars cal dropped a 9-8-2-5 and only counted scores over 9-8-5 including two 9-9-5s yeah really just gorgeous bars from them yeah, and you can start off with Andy Lee and end with Maddie Williams. I think you're in good hands. In terms of Cal, I think they were just a few wobbly beam performances that cost them a couple of tenths and then a couple of lower floor exercise scores. I think Abby Perea finished short on one of her landings that really just cost them those extra tenths. They could have really challenged Alabama without those beam and floor wobbles. Yeah, I'm not sure why Andy Lee was in the exhibition spot for Flora because I thought that they were trying to have her have a slower start to the season, but then she exhibition. So I don't know what the point of exhibitioning is if you're going to go out and do it anyways. If the reason to hold you back was if like you want to slow it due to oh, this injury recovery or just general sore body parts. Um, but she did so well. Um, that floor but... exercise is beautiful, too. It was great to see it, even though it didn't count. <laughs> At least you got to see it, because that's the nice thing about the, this broadcast, is they showed the exhibitions, and not all broadcasts do. I know the SEC never does. So much so that Dee Dee didn't know you could have exhibitions in the regular season, which was curious. Um, freshman watch from Cal was a little disappointed. We did not see Kyan Mayhew or Annalise Newman Aki, as yeah. much as we had sort of anticipated and hoped to see those athletes, maybe we'll start to see them in the next few weeks. I know Annalise had a fluke injury right before Pan Am's, so she's working back from that. I'm not sure about Kyan. I don't know what happened to her. I expected to see her on Elise Vault. And other freshmen from that session I was curious we didn't see more of was Sears. She was only on Vault. I expected her in more than that. So for freshman watch for Bama, they had three freshmen and all three contributed. So I was really pleased to see that. But I expected to see Jameson at least on two, maybe on three pieces. So a little surprise just to see her on vault. Uh, uh, flip side, Chloe LeCourcier led off on bars with a gorgeous 9-9. <laughs> So excited to see her. And I think she also went exhibition in a couple of pieces. You know, you're good on an event if you're a freshman and being trusted with the leadoff spot because leadoffs are meant for those who are cool, calm, and collected. They're okay under pressure and they want you to start off well. And if you can be a freshman, get a 9 9. She's ready. <laughs> she is ready. She's ready. For <laughs> big time. <laughs> One of the other Bama routines that I thought was entertaining was Lily Hudson's floor routine with the most bizarre mix of country and rock music. I'm like, this music compilation just screams the state of Alabama in general to me, but I love it. It was so much fun. The music choice, I think, was the, the thing that had me cracking up, but the gymnastics was good. Agreed. Yeah. So that portion of Lily Hudson's floor routine is a legacy tribute that's from Emily Gaskin's routine from a few years back. Highlight, Emily Gaskins is now an assistant coach with NC State, who also competed this weekend. But I agree, Lily did a great job. It's nice that she sort of kept that tribute for an extra season. 
I, yeah, I, I remember that it was a previous routine and I didn't know if they purposely passed it on or just if it's going to be an every year kind of situation or if just it's an ironic thing. But it was fun and good to see Gaskin's legacy carried on. Two other big standouts to me from Bama. Luisa Blanco, of course, no surprise here, but her all-around performance was just wonderful. 39.55 in the first meet of the season with that absolutely stuck uneven bars routine. And then Shania Adams has had a really up and down first couple of seasons. She'll be all around. She'll be one event. She'll be missing. I thought we really saw a reinvented Shania Adams at this meet. She looks fit. She looks really strong in her three events. She got great scores on all three. Her confidence looks great. I'm hopeful that maybe this new coaching staff and Shania's style are really meshing well, and we're going to see a, a glow up this year from Shania Adams. I feel like some of the spots where I expected some of the the freshmen like Jameson Sears to come in, Shania claimed those spots. And like, I was so conflicted to be happy for Shania, but also sad for the freshmen. I'm like, I, I guess it's a win-win, but I'm yeah, happy to see her back competing well. And just a similar note on Cal, Maya Lazan is having her season. I thought she looked phenomenal across all four of her events yesterday. And I'm so happy for her and excited for her. I can't wait to see the great season she's going to have on a team full of clean, crisp stars. <laughs> she might be separating herself as the cleanest and crispest. Yeah, Cal, I feel like they're all toe point and elegant elegancy queens and miles on is just like just the shiny little gem on top and starting last year her rise has been a lot of fun to watch as a bay area native and i know she struggled a little bit with injury her first year and she had like some spurts of greatness and then she got hurt so then seeing her slowly work into that all-around greatness makes me happy so the other two teams in this session, of course, UCLA and Auburn. I was mixed on UCLA. I don't think they were necessarily starting out slow. I think a lot of their routines were really exciting. A lot of good sticks going for handstands and going for finishing positions. I think they just had a bad day with the beam. I'm telling you, someone should check if there's a screw loose in the beam. <laughs> or someone cursed the beam like what happened let but jordan go out there and fix the beam <laughs> yes send someone who's like a nail and a screwdriver it's not the gymnast's fault ever it's the apparatus but yeah i think ucla is a decent start to the year i'm a little curious to why they had caitlin rosen exhibition vault in floor um I'm guessing maybe she's working back from something and we didn't get to see her vault on the broadcast but I saw a clip of it this morning online and it d definitely had a, a bit of a bounce to it at the end so it scored about on average to what Maddie and Amy did when she actually was put in the lineup but I think Caitlin Rosen is definitely a freshman to watch on that team her floor was an exhibition spot this time around but at Meet the Bruins it was so captivating 
I, it's one of my favorite routines of the year. Just, I mean, I'm obsessed with all of UCLA floor routines in general, but I think Caitlin's my favorite. I don't know if she's a huge Marvel and Scarlet Witch fan. And that was like the theme, her character of it. And just like all the witchy vibes. I don't know, maybe Caitlin Rosen like put magic on the beam and she's like, I'm the only one who can stay on the beam today. All the rest of you will fall. I assume not. She seems sweet, but. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, two really big standouts for me. You already mentioned Shay Campbell sticking that perfect, like a full, it's a given, 995, just give it to her. But I thought Brooklyn Moore's floor routine was amazing. I'm so excited that she was in the lineup. She scored a 995. And then to see Nia Reed come back from her season off, uh, really be embraced by this team it seems like everyone's so happy to have her there and that she's thriving she went 985 and 99 and her two routines that was really a big highlight for me yeah seeing Nia's floor routine go viral before season even started after Meet the Bruins it's great uh, letting seeing a UCLA let her just like shine and like who she is and embrace her I think one of the I think themes of the weekend that made me the happiest is seeing transfers do so well and people coming back from injury do so well from Nia Reed to Sage Thompson over at Oregon State and they all just did I think what they've all been capable of doing and just in different environments. I mean, Naya did great over at Florida, but no, we don't really know why she transferred, but whatever the reason, UCLA is happy to have her. Yeah. And I think the the question in my mind was just the year off and then getting back into gymnastics and going through with the transfer, you know, are we still going to see some of that same Naya Reed magic that we saw for four years at Florida? And I think the answer is yes. <laughs> she was great. Yeah. It, like major props to her for ha- taking a whole year off and coming back so strong. I mean, some people struggle and they just like take the summer off because you got to get the endurance back. You got to get your skills back. And she's like, I never left guys. What are you talking about? No, last year didn't happen. And there were so many highlights. Of course, we haven't even mentioned Selena Harris, 39.55 all around. She picked up right where she left off at the end of last season her new floor tumbling with that double layout was phenomenal. Uh, she's a gem. I am such a huge fan of Selena Harris. I will say, though I absolutely love her floor routine, it wasn't until this morning that I realized that the beeping noise in the beginning of her floor routine wasn't a fire alarm going off somewhere in my building. Both me and my cat like freaked out and like we were looking around being like, is the building on fire? I don't smell smoke. And it wasn't until this morning I was checking Twitter and someone mentioned that they had a similar reaction. Like, oh, I'm going to have to be dealing with this for the next three months. <laughs> or you're just going to mute that part of the routine, maybe. <laughs> Other than that, Selena, I love you. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Who was the first phone call routine from UCLA several years ago? Oh, that was Angie Cipra, I think is who it was. That's right. The original phone call routine. We have <laughs> Angie Cipra to thank for for the Reagan <laughs> Smith routine, <laughs> for the Selena Harris routine. <laughs> Someone else had it this year as well. Who was it? It was like somewhere in, I think, no, was it Nebraska? Someone like early in the evening Friday had it as well. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Well, I know you didn't watch all of session one. I really thought Denver was a strong standout from session one. 
they're currently tied for the sixth highest overall score of the season so far. Jessica That's Hutchinson, amazing. Bella Mabanta looked amazing. Bella's beam was incredible. And to see Rosie Casale come in on all four pieces, I believe it was her beam debut as a senior. This team looks fantastic. Freshman watch Madison Ulrich competed on all four pieces. She looked great. I'm really excited to see what Denver can do this season. Denver is another one that I've kind of had fun watching their escalation in the ranks. I have family ties to DU, so watching them do well makes me happy. I've been a fan of Jessica Hutchinson since she was a freshman, and just watching her glow up last year and stay steady this year is great. I think they still have some injuries and some injury returners. Riley Mandel wasn't. He only competed on two pieces. She did vault and bars. Yeah, I was expecting to see her on more, but perhaps she's still working her way back. Because I know she was injured at the end of last year, so I don't know if that's affecting it. She also apparently did an internship at NASA this summer, so I'm not sure how much she trained this year because she was being smart at NASA. She seems like a cool person. and Super intelligent uh, person who happens to also be great at gymnastics. (laughs) It's fine. I can do some NASA calculations and then hit my vault. It's okay, guys. (laughs) So when Riley is back and ready, they'll just be hitting the ground running. One other highlight for me in this early session was that I thought Mia Takakawa, the senior from Illinois, looked terrific. She competed on all four, got a 9-9 on balance beam. Uh, Mia Towns on floor looked great. I'm excited to see some more of Illinois this season as well. Did Leiden Saltness compete? She did not. They got contributions from three of their freshmen, but not from Leiden Saltness. Because I know there's a lot of question marks surrounding her because she had such a late addition to the team. And she does have that elite background. So she's definitely welcomed with wide open arms. But then we haven't really seen much of her preseason now season I guess so I'm really hoping that she'll make it into those lineups soon another note that I just have about Illinois Josh Nilsson has joined as the associate head coach he's someone that we've seen at Utah State and Temple and some other programs of the past I thought that was interesting to bring him in as an associate head coach along with the rest of the Illinois coaching team so just be interested to see how that maybe affects recruiting or their performances moving forward. Illinois is definitely a team that I always keep my eye on. Yeah, Mia Takakawa has always been one of the, the the ones where I remember her freshman year when she got that 10, everyone's like, who is she? What team is she on? I'm paying attention now. So I've always kind of had an eye on her for the last couple of years. So happy she's back. She's a fifth year, right? Yeah, the, the roster says she's a graduate student. So yeah, fifth year Mia Takakawa, looking as great as ever. Love her. Also, a few notes from session three. This was the session featuring Minnesota, Oregon State, Southern Utah, and BYU. Whereas I felt like the other sessions were kind of the battle between who started hot and who started slow, this was an interesting one. I thought Oregon State looked really strong. Good landings, good handstands. They looked mid-season level. Whereas Minnesota, 
is just, they're going to kill you with cleanliness. They're going to have clean, perfect execution all the way down the line. And what happened here is that unfortunately, Oregon State also fought a little bit of the beam witches and had to count a fall on beam. So Minnesota, the tortoise and the hare here, <laughs> like clean, clean, no deduction gymnastics ended up pulling ahead there at the end. Congratulations on Minnesota. Fabulous performance. No falls. Only three counting scores that were below 9.8. And some of the highlights for me, Maya Hooten looked amazing, of course, across three pieces. Gianna Gertis competed in all four and got some really strong scores. And sophomore Brooklyn Rowray. Sure. <laughs> 9.975 on the balance beam. I wasn't able to watch this meet, but when I saw that score, I said, hello, nice to see you. And were you the one who cursed the beam so everyone else would fall? <laughs> I'm, no, I'm kidding. She probably deserved it. But since I wasn't watching, I can make jokes. But so happy that somebody could stay on that beam throughout the whole weekend. Yeah, every counting beam score over 9-8. Well, I think the third question that you're just not saying because you don't want to give anybody else the idea is, are you available in the trading pool in my fantasy team? <laughs> I think she is in a lot of them. Helpful hint. <laughs> Brooklyn Ray, check her out for her beam. <laughs> I think the only one she's not available in is my league that um, is an alphabet league where you have to choose uh, one gymnast per letter and I think she's probably taken for the letter B because I, ch I check on that one <laughs> <laughs> so then the story I think of Oregon State this season is going to be how are they going to do with limited contributions from Jay Carey they started last season with something like a 195 so this is a very much stronger start for them this season. Jade contributed nine nine plus scores on her two events, but some of the other standouts. It was great to see Sage Thompson on three pieces. Senior Sydney Gonzalez and freshman Sofia Esposito both did excellent in their events this weekend, and they got some contribution from three out of their four freshmen, including a nine nine on bars from Taylor DeVries. So. A good, strong team effort. If the little beam goblins hadn't gotten them, they would have had <laughs> a very strong overall score. Yeah, I'm very happy to see Sage doing well after her transfer and seeing her on more than just bars, because that's all we saw her on in Utah. Great bar worker, but she is great elsewhere. Hoping maybe you can see her in the all-around at some point. Some of the lineup choices for Oregon State, I'm curious to see if they move around a bit. I know Sydney Gonzalez in the past done well on floor, but was missing from their lineups this weekend on floor. So curious to see what's up with that, see if they were just testing other people out or if she was having issues or whatnot. But yeah, it's nice to see them testing new people in place of Jade. Jade's just one person and they've got a whole team. <laughs> of note, Lauren Lech was missing from the lineups. She's oh, yeah. typically a vault beam and floor contributor. And Savannah Miller was missing on floor. 
who we saw a lot last season. So just a question mark there. If those people are working back from something, maybe battling the flu, um, I'll keep my eye out the next few weeks to see if we see them come back into the lineups. Their bars lineup, though, in general, did really well. Seeing them, McMillan did 995, Sage did 99 as well. Natalie Briones did 99, which I think she's kind of, I think, been battling some stuff or in and out of lineups. I think in the past they've had some issues. So I'm glad to see they figured it out. And they are currently tied with Oklahoma for the number one bars team in the country. Look at you, Oregon State. <laughs> uh, also in this session, uh, Southern Utah, some of the highlights for me, it was great to see senior Aubrey Schwartz across a few pieces. She looked great on the, the events that we saw her on. And they had contributions from four out of their 12 freshmen on this team, including an all-around of 39.3 from freshman Naya Randolph. So shout out to Southern Utah and their young team showing up and looking really strong. BYU, I was keeping my eyes out for fantasy contributor Anissa Alvarado, who I've had on fantasy teams for several seasons now. She has a beautiful bars routine and she stuck a full twisting double layout for 995. Golf clap for Anissa Alvarado. Great job. Can you imagine if gymnastics actually did golf claps instead of cheering? (laughs) I could see that happening in elite, but not college. (laughs) So then the Missouri meet, this was a four-team matchup that I know we both ended up watching this weekend. We saw the most really from Missouri. This was one of those home streams where you don't get too much from the other teams. But I was really excited to see this Missouri team. Um, I know we fell in love so much with them last season with Sienna Schreiber and Jocelyn Moore and Amari Celestine. So one thing I was interested in is what we would see from the freshman contributors. And freshman Hannah Horton went in two events, 9875 Vault and 99 on Floor. And I believe we saw her do an exhibition on bars, which also looked fantastic. Yeah, having Hannah Horton, Amari Celestine, and Jocelyn Moore be the back half of both their vault and floor lineups just makes me so happy. They are so good on those events and their others as well. But those vaults and the the floor tumbling just they nail it every time. Their performance qualities on floor like nobody can dance like Amari and Jocelyn is the anchor for that and the reason she just like killed it every time and i'm so happy seeing hannah just keeping right up with them and just bringing it so looking forward to seeing what they do with that very happy to see mara tita soleil anchoring their bar lineup wasn't her perfect but you know i'm always happy to see her on bars and I know everyone knows her as a bar queen, but I also love, love her beam. Such unique skills. The aerial to split jump, it gets me every time. It's so unique and so cool to watch. And I love that she kept that in her routine. And I'm happy to see her staying in the beam lineup this year, too. Even that sort of cartwheel half-turn mount that she does. 
I'm it's so pretty. I don't know that it's so difficult, but it's just so beautiful. And that sort of epitomizes her beam. It's stylish and beautiful. And I agree with you. I was so excited to see a huge bar score, but then she kind of overbalanced herself with her excitement to salute at the end. And then I think they're all just trapped in this mindset of we can't move for one <laughs> second. So it like causes a few extra steps than it should. She'll get there. Yeah. I have faith. <laughs> it was great to see Amaya Marshall back in these lineups. Yeah. She was injured last year and seeing her back in two events this weekend, was it? Yeah, Bars and Beam. She did well and seeing her look so happy to be back. And I just love seeing gymnasts' excitement to be back doing what they love and seeing how happy their teammates are for them. It's, it's always great. Yeah, I thought she looked great. And I need to go fact check myself on this, but I think she changed her bars dismount. It's not the bars dismount that I remember from last season, but I'm going to go back and rewatch from two seasons ago and I'll correct myself on a future episode if that's wrong. But I thought, oh, she's doing some new skills. She's looking great. She's back in these lineups. But it was it was really fun to see. Just a note, too, there were no commentators on this stream. I watched the first part of it on mute because I was watching something else. And then when I tuned in, it was like, oh, I could have kept this on mute because no one's helping me out. I thought it was my internet connection that was not working. And then it turns out it was, I pull up Twitter and everyone's like, is there something wrong? Nope. It's just no commentating. And it's a quad meet. So I think... My ADD is always very conflicted whether or not I want commentating or not because commentating helps me focus on what is happening and keeps me informed. I think they did an okay job of showing as many routines as they could. They did obviously focus on Missouri, but we did see a decent amount of the other teams, particularly when Missouri wasn't competing. They did cut away mid-routine a few times, which isn't great that quad boxes are for <laughs> but the lack of commentating is just an, uh, annoying like you can just grab a fan or somebody missouri jackie and i are available for your next meet <laughs> if you would like to have us there <laughs> we'd be happy to help uh, i agree with you especially because this was a quad meet with lindenwood northern illinois and southeast missouri these are some teams that i don't get to watch as often I was pretty familiar with most of the Missouri lineup. I was not familiar at all with the others. So when they cut away, I didn't have a very good sense of who I was watching. Um, one really sweet moment that I saw happen toward the end of Lindenwood's floor routines, I think Missouri had finished on whatever event they were on. They were over on the sidelines, cheering on Lindenwood, hugging the athletes afterward. I think everybody's really rallying behind Lindenwood trying to save that program. So I thought that was really nice to see that outpouring of support from the Missouri team. Yeah, they're both, they're Missouri teams. Three out of the four teams that were competing that night were from Missouri. I don't know what Northern Illinois was doing there, but you know, they're close enough. Uh, they're basically Missouri. So they're all, they're all friendly, I would assume. And I did also see that Missouri had golden ribbons in their hair that was in honor of Lindenwood. So that was cute. And I like, I love that despite the fact that it has been announced that Lindenwood might 
possibly likely not have a team next year. Everyone is trying their best to rally around to see if there's anything they can do to help save the team and that the gymnastics community obviously is fighting to preserve the team. What were some of your highlights from Utah and Boise State? The Utah meet was on at the time where I was simultaneously trying to watch a few other meets. So I was kind of had like an eye on what was going on there while I was trying to watch like Super Sweet 16 or whatever else was going on. Obviously, the highlight of the meet was Miley O'Keefe getting the first 10 of the season and being on beam of all things. It was interesting to see since they had all of their preseason drama to see that they are still in good form. They had some freshmen have some nice debuts and as well as some exhibitions. Cami Winger was one of them who I think has potential to probably contribute on more events than she did because she did some nice exhibitions. Grace being back on most of the events obviously is something that they are happy with. I was trying to watch it simultaneously because I had Utah going here and then they got a quad box over there. It looks like McKenna Smith had a very strong all-around performance. One of my questions going in, I have her on a couple of my fantasy teams, was I wasn't sure if she would be in the beam lineup or not, but there she was. It was her lowest score, so perhaps there were some wobbles or things that she's looking to clean up. Uh, Transfer Ashley Glenn vaulted for a 985. And like you mentioned, the two freshmen, Cami Winger and Ella Zerbis, both contributed to the team. Their scores were a little bit lower. Perhaps they're, you know, getting used to college competition. But I think we're going to see those two really talented athletes in the coming weeks. And I look forward to seeing some more performances from them. One of the things I thought was fun, um, Abby Paulson's uh, Taylor Swift routine compared to uh, Reagan Smith's um, Taylor Swift routine. Uh, It's a battle of who's a bigger Swifty of the year so far abby paulson i think is winning (laughs) (laughs) but we'll see how reagan does (laughs) so yeah that routine was a highlight for all the swifties out there yeah and, and speaking of some of the turmoil and changes that this team has been through i was really pleased to see that alani sabato is back in the bars lineup she had competed her freshman season but we sort of haven't seen much of her so I see that she competed and got a 985 in bars. So good for you, Alani. That's great. Yeah. Jalen Gilstrap is another one who's been in and out of a couple lineups. She's been consistently on floor, but she was in for vault and beam as well. She can contribute to those later in the season if need be. And her her toe point is always so great on floor. So it's nice to see her on beam as well. So it's nice to seeing her on more events. And then the last meet that we want to just talk about briefly, I got to watch the Georgia-NC State meet. This meet stirred out on a little bit of a down note. Haley DeYoung got injured in the warm-ups. So as we joined the meet, we were hearing that she was going to be out. Of course, there's three or four other key Georgia athletes that are currently out. There were lots of crutches and knee braces in the background. So that's always a rough way to start a meet. But I have to say the the team pulled it together. They defeated North Carolina State. They finished with a 196.2. They only went five deep on vault, but were able to avoid counting a fall on any other event. In particular, another amazing freshman debut, Lily Smith, got a 9975 on that bars routine, which is just 
form and extension for days. It's such a beautiful uh, bars routine. Good on you, <laughs> Lily Smith and Georgia. Um, I was also excited to see Jada Battle, another one of their freshmen. She went on vault and beam and got really strong scores. And Jeffrey Scott's bars routine looked wonderful as well. So some really nice individual performances. I hope that this team can get a little healthier and get a few of these people back. But it was nice to see some really good individual performances. From NC State, of course, it's great to see these fantasy gym athletes that we've loved so much for so many seasons. Emily Shepard, Chloe Negretti, and Alexis Ortega. It wasn't a strong meet all across the board for NC State. It was a little bit more of a first meet. Uh, but there were some individual outstanding routines. Chloe Negretti got a 9-9 on the beam, and Emily Shepard got 9-8-5s on vault and floor. A fun meet. Good to see some of the new athletes that they're working into the lineup, some of the freshmen. Uh, overall, I just have to say, I think there's some great talent on these teams, and I hope that they can continue to grow throughout the season and uh, hopefully get some of these athletes back from these injuries. Um, did they say what Haley's prognosis might be or do they is it too soon to know when I joined I think they had already talked about whatever they talked about and I think I saw on the internet that maybe they showed part of it I did not see that her knee looked heavily wrapped and I think that they said it was a vault and I know she does that front pike vault so maybe that was a awkward landing on that but no I did not hear anything in terms of whether they think it's a month or season or yeah, I didn't hear anything like that. I'm also curious. I think someone had said that Holly Snyder, one of their other freshmen was also injured yesterday pre-meet or the day before or something. She's another one that I was hoping to see in some lineups. <laughs> it was looking good in their pre-season showcase, but got the injury bug like the entire rest of the Georgia team. It's nice that they have enough depth that they can deal with that here at the beginning of the season, but it does feel like something that they need to address. You know, what's happening? Were these just fluke injuries or is there something that they can change in their approach and preparation moving forward to help avoid some of this? None of us wants to see this many athletes on the sidelines on crutches. No, it's it's sad. And hopefully they if it's an issue that they can fix it. But on the upside, it, I was pleasantly surprised to see Addie Wall did the all around, particularly since apparently she had like a preseason like toe injury or something. So I think a lot of people in terms of fantasy were like either not treating her or tra- getting her low down and thinking if she does compete, it won't be for another few weeks, but then all of a sudden she's in the all around. So happy for her, particularly since she came to Georgia a year early and she's obviously very much needed this year. So happy to see her contributing when needed. She's a bundle of energy and sunshine when you see her compete. <laughs> it was a fun meet for her. The other meet that I need to catch up on i've been hearing about the lsu ohio state meet and i just haven't had a chance to watch it yet that was the first meet that i watched this weekend and oh. what did i i'm trying to read my own handwriting i wrote week one 
Oh, I thought I wrote week one glitter, but it says jitters. Week one does normally have a lot of glitter, glitter. but it also has jitters. Jitters <laughs> and glitters. That's going to be the title of your episode. So yeah, there's definitely apparently week one jitters. Uh, but then I also wrote Ella Hodges floor with three exclamation points and a smiley face. So thank you, Ella Hodges, for saving floor, apparently. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, nine nine five on floor for Ohio State's yeah. Ella Hodges. Fantastic. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched it yet. A hot minute or two that I thought Ohio State was gonna win. I gathered that from watching the Super 16 <laughs> because Dee Dee, maybe during the first session, had the LSU match on on her iPad and she was feeling nervous for a second there too. Like I got to make sure LSU is going to pull this out before I can get totally invested in session one. That, that was literally step strike one against Dee Dee for me when I turned on Super Sweet 16 and Jess is like, hey, Dee Dee, can you get off your phone? We're commentating. And she's like, I just need to see this one last routine. I'm like, yes. hello, you're here in Vegas commentating in Vegas. You're not in Baton Rouge anymore. Strike one, lady. That Amari Drayton had two fantastic performances. I think I saw some tweets about that. Simone Biles congratulated her. <laughs> yeah, she had a phenomenal debut on Vault with a 9925. And then from the rumor I heard, she wasn't originally supposed to be in floor. supposed to be Kaya. It was supposed to be Kaya Johnson, but I guess they pulled her in the last minute. I'm not sure if it was because she had an awkward landing on beam or just to preserve her ankles. But she came in and got another 9925 on the floor and just said, hello, I'm here. No need for the rest of the depth on LSU. I got this. 23 who? <laughs> there is too many people on the team. So many people. I, will go down with that ship of you don't need th that that many gymnasts on a team because I just feel so bad for the people sitting and watching when they could be elsewhere performing like I know they're having fun and they're enjoying their time at LSU and obviously it's their choice to go to the school knowing they might not make a lineup with these 24 other people but I want to see their gymnastics selfishly <laughs> And speaking of depth, it's good that they had it because just before the meet, we saw that tweet that that Alona Shanikova has a lower leg injury and was on a scooter and a heavily wrapped foot. So not sure what's happening there. I was curious, yeah. I was curious that Annie Beard wasn't in the lineup. She did really well in their preview. Her, uh, I was... her beam in their meet the team looked great. I was convinced she was going to be their leadoff, but she wasn't. So hopefully she'll get there eventually. It but... looks like they had a little bit of a rough beam with a fall each from Connor McLean and Sierra Ballard. So maybe that's one of the lineups that sort of was changing there at the last minute. I have faith that Connor will not fall again on beam. So don't write her off on your fantasies just yet. But... Yeah, they have enough depth. They can, if Jay Clark felt petty, he could say you fall, you're out. But I don't think he is that petty. But on a team with that much depth, you do have to be careful with what mistakes you make and where because there's someone else ready to come in after you. 
And it's a good point about Kaya Johnson. I think what we've been hearing all along is that she's ready, but they're going to be careful with how much they use her. It was nice to see her in three events. I think we might see her in two events, some meets. We might see her in all around some meets. But I think the depth is going to allow them to just really be careful with some of the athletes that are struggling with some injuries and pain. Yeah, I think as well as with Connor and uh, Leah Finnegan, uh, both are still training elite, particularly since Aaliyah's qualified for the Olympics mm-hmm. already. So I think they need to preserve their body to last throughout the whole year. So I think they, I think, anticipate having them both come in and out of certain lineups and not doing all around every week. But it's nice to have that depth if you know your stars won't be competing to their full abilities. Three college athletes are already qualified for the Olympics, I believe. This is maybe the first time in history that's ever happened. We've got Luisa Blanco from Alabama, Aliyah Finnegan from LSU, and Chenge Bakshkoy from Nebraska. Yes. If I've said that correctly. I think <laughs> so. Super exciting. And for three different countries, for Colombia, for the Philippines, and for... Oh, Hungary. Hungary. Yeah, I think that's really great that not only is... Are they helping elevate these other countries' gymnastics programs by talking about them on NCAA gymnastics broadcast, but also when they go back to elite, it's kind of bringing international audiences back to NCAA and maybe potentially future international athletes as well as I know there has been an uptick of international athletes coming in from new countries, which is a lot of fun. And I think we anticipate, in addition to Connor McLean, we're going to have Leanne Wong, who's going to be trying for the Olympics and also competing for Florida this year. Jade Carey, who's going to be trying for the Olympics and competing for Oregon State. And Emma Malibuyo from UCLA, who apparently is going to take a few weeks off to do the World Cup circuit and try and qualify for the Philippines. So at least six <laughs> athletes are going for it. Three are already qualified. There is some... Other athletes as well who are trying out and there will still keep trying. Annalise Newman, Newman mm-hmm. from Cal was trying for Barbados, I believe, as was Henry Pilgrim from Florida. So I don't know if they will keep. I'm, I I kind of assume that they will because I know Annalise had an injury before the competition and um, Anya did pretty well. So I'm hoping they'll keep trying for um, one of those spots. Um, So that would be fun um, to see some more representation there. And then, of course, Jordan Childs is taking this NCAA season off in order to pursue, as well as Kayla DiCello from Florida and from UCLA, Bean Queen, Anna Paterario. Oh, yes. The, The fact that she made that choice to not come back to UCLA, like the last possible second, like she was there, she was doing preseason like the day before meet the bridge. Like, actually, I'm going to go back to Canada tomorrow. Bye. I'm like, I love you. And I really want you on the Canadian team. But can't you just stay in UCLA too? (laughs) Can't we have both? It made me curious how long she had known that or how long the team had known that. It did seem like a late announcement for all of us. <laughs> I would assume it was a late, late decision. And just a final note from the LSU meet, which I still need to go back and watch, but I'm just looking at the scores here. 
remind me if I made this up. I feel like a week ago we saw an Instagram post from KJ Johnson about MRI question mark and it got everyone real excited. <laughs> I, thought, I don't know if that was like a deep fake from someone on Twitter, but it got me. I didn't draft her because I saw that. So I don't know if someone was just trying to mess with everybody's fantasy drafting happy she's fine and back in lineups and seems to be fine she was in both the floor and the vault lineups nine eight two five nine eight five whatever it was it was a screenshot of a snapchat that said mri not looking well i'm not on snapchat so i have to trust the, the kids of twitter that it was accurate and no one seemed to be saying this is fake this is from last year but I, I'm assuming it was probably a, a screenshot from her injury from last year. One other thing from LSU that was noted was Livy Dunn on floor. I think that was her first floor routine from LSU. I think it was her first. She got a, was it 9875? And I think it's really great. And they also talked to her a little bit on the broadcast about it, how she's the number one NIL earning female athlete across all sports. 15 million followers and she's still not only doing well in the sport she's improving and she could just like take her paychecks with nil and just like barely show up to practice do anything but she's doing well she's helping the team and she's having fun with whatever nil uh, opportunities she's having as well so really happy to see her back in the floor lineups because i remember in her elite days i always really loved her floor for its elegance and to see her back in that lineup made me happy and happy to see she's thriving in the world of NIL. Yeah, I think I would expect bars and beam to perhaps be her most likely pieces. So it's exciting to see her in the floor lineup and maybe we'll see her in all three at some point this season and absolutely good for her for all of her great success with NIL. I think every time I've heard Jay Clark talk about her, He talks about that she really has a great passion for this team and the sport of gymnastics and, you know, good on her that she hasn't just taken her paycheck and moved on, that she really takes seriously her role as a part of this team and as an athlete and wants great success on the competition floor. Yeah, and I also kind of appreciate that her stardom has also brought in the people into the sport who might not necessarily watch. They're only watching for her, but the point is they are watching. And some right. dumb, like guy who only watches ball sports uh, is like, oh, I follow Livy on social media, so I want to watch her do this cool flippy thing. And then they're like making TikToks with silly commentating. Where I don't know if you've seen it, but like some some dude is like commentating over her floor and is like she's getting ready to do the flippy i'm like yes that's exactly what i would sound like if i was commentating so i can't insult you man because i don't know all the skills as well even though i've been watching for years but like the way he was saying it was just he was so serious about it like he doesn't know a single skill name it was hilarious maybe he could commentate the super 16 meet next year (laughs) and then to missouri they don't have anybody missouri right That's funny. Celebrity being able to bring new eyeballs to the sport, I think is great. And it doesn't mean that every single one of them is going to become a huge gymnastics fan, but you might have some new people discover the sport and and follow it. I think the same thing happened when SUNY was at Auburn for those couple of seasons and celebrities were going to the meets and the meets were completely sold out and lots of new people were seeing gymnastics for the first time. And I think that's great for the sport. I totally agree with you. Another weird celebrity connection that I just saw last night 
Apparently, Michelle Kwan's niece is a freshman on the Washington team and debuted this weekend. Her niece's name is Olivia Apagard, and I probably just pronounced that wrong. Sorry. Oh, Apagard um, is a famous name of a skater. So does that mean yeah. maybe Michelle Kwan's sister married Peter Apagard? And this is apparently, the yeah, the entire Kwan family did skating. So not Michelle, her brother, I guess the sister-in-law, the, her mother as well. And then all of a sudden this niece is like, I'm doing gymnastics instead. And someone, I guess Michelle had reposted it on Instagram and then someone screenshot that being like oh my god the crossovers have happened because i know there's a lot of crossover in fandom of like people who love both figure skating and gymnastics and i'm one of them so i nerded out and i saw that uh, i'm already a, i'm already a fan of washington so to, to see that connection um a lot of fun that's fantastic well i recognize that name i had no idea that that was the connection but i agree with you now i'm even more excited to watch some more washington gymnastics congratulations olivia Apagard. 985 on uneven bars for her debut. Anything else to share about this first uh, weekend of gymnastics? Um, How's your fantasy team doing? Fantasies, it's it's happening. I'm happy it's practice week. A lot of buys, (laughs) a lot of bean jitters, but it's fine. I'm trying not to take it too seriously this year. I have a lot of very specific themes for my team, so it's I'm trying not to overthink on who to trade and what and why because there isn't many options when you have specific themes, but that's kind of was the point of why I created those teams. But it's fun to see, excited next week to see the premiere of Clemson and Mm -hmm. all of the teams that were on buys this week. So excited for a long season ahead. Exactly. And how about the snow? Did you get too much snow where you are? I saw some, but there's none currently on my balcony. So I uh, guess not enough. Very good. We had about six or eight inches here. Wow. We've been out shoveling this morning, and I'm sure I'll do some more shoveling this afternoon. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining. It was great to see you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll be talking soon. All right. See you soon. Thanks for having me. We'd love to hear from you. What meet would you like to hear us discuss next week? You can reach out to me on Twitter at KentyMac or email at KentyMac at gmail.com. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts and check out videos of some of these conversations on my YouTube channel, KentyMac Gymnastics. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Stay safe and enjoy gymnastics. Double back with Kenty Mac.